0: Welcome to another week of Instigating with Clarky and Drury brought to you by our friends, as always, at Cool Bet Canada. The list will squash courts, list will vision care and see the game. Ryan Drury alongside Chris Clark. Later on this show, we'll be joined by our friend Steve Dangle, who you all know, of course, in Leafs Nation. But first, we're joined by a great special guest, a producer at Sportsnet 650 Vancouver, a media manager for the BC Hockey League, the BCHL, and a goaltending video coach and contributor to in goal magazine our friend Greg Ballack Greg how are you my friend
1: I'm great I'm great thanks for having me on
0: we appreciate your time my friend obviously you're in a uh, a market right now that is quite noisy when it comes to hockey uh, but let's just start with how you got involved in the game obviously you've got a pretty unique story uh you're you're what I would probably tab as a goalie expert. Uh, I was on a a previous podcast with you uh, about a month or so ago with our friend Dwayne Steinle down in Buffalo. And uh, I thought you'd be a great guest for the show after we interacted there. Give
1: everybody a little bit of a background on how you got involved in the game. Sure. Yeah. I just, uh, I grew up in, in Ontario. I'm actually from Hamilton originally. So uh, I wasn't born into this mess here in Vancouver, unfortunately. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I just grew up as a as a hockey player. My dad was a goalie and I latched onto the position at a really young age. And um, I was telling you guys off the air, I kind of realized at a young age, I, w- I didn't have what it took to go all the way. So I uh, I just started getting into coaching and then helping my dad out at his camps and. Uh, eventually helping other schools out, and I just really loved, uh, you know, the teaching aspect of it, and uh, is a great position for that, because there's a lot of technical details to it, so, uh, you know, I just, uh, I've been doing that pretty much my whole life, it feels like, and uh, yeah, I got into, got into the media side of the business, I uh, went to school for radio, and I ended up getting a job out here in Vancouver with uh, with Sportsnet after a few years, and it's been, uh, it's been great, I've been here for about 10 years now, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's been a great great place to me here in Vancouver so far. And Vancouver, obviously
0: a great city. Uh, I'm actually going to be there in a few weeks. So uh, if, if you're free, maybe we should get a beer or something. But yeah. let's talk about something that a lot of people are hacking up over beers over in Vancouver right now. And that's the Vancouver Canucks, who are mm-hmm. off to a almost historically bad start in terms of the franchise and the league. It's incredible that they started and they were the first team to do that and hold multi-goal leads in all of those games. It's just insane what's been going on out there. And the fan base is, you know, boy, we talk about Clarky and I a lot. Clarky's a Leaf fan. We talk a lot about, you know, the... I don't know if toxicity is the right word. Let's let's call it malfeasance, if you will. Here in Toronto, Vancouver is on another level right now. Greg,
1: what is it like in the city right now among Canuck fans? Well, it's it's not great. Like I, I see the text inbox every morning, right when I go in in the morning, and uh, <laughs> you know we get the brunt of it at at six fifty. So uh, yeah, people aren't happy, and rightly so. And I, I think uh, you know it's it's their worst start. Uh, since some of the 80s seasons, which, as you guys know, the, the Canucks weren't good. <laughs> there were some pretty uh, um, historically awful teams in that stretch. So to be looped in with those teams, it's never a good sign. And, uh, yeah, people just are, are fed up. And I think uh, you're right. There is this sort of, um, I don't know, a feeling amongst the fan base or just uh, I think Brian Burke used to come on the show all the time as a regular. I think he called it the lunatic fringe that just is is so loud and and boisterous and and they really aren't the the true you know nature of what Canucks fans are feeling but there's just this super loud uh, portion of the fan base that just you know it, it's like in Toronto you know the same sort of sense where they just demand results and and when they don't get it you know you get you definitely get some some of that negativity uh, s- swirling around and I think it's all coming to a head right now with the the start they're having this year. You talk about demanding
2: results. Like in Toronto, it's are always sold out. Uh, are the Canucks having any trouble there in the
1: attendance uh, at the arenas? Uh, it's pretty easy to get a ticket. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's. I think they they may claim a, a sellout uh, most of the time, and and I'm pretty sure the ticket, the tickets are sold. But uh, there, like I said, it's not hard to get a, a Canucks mm-hmm. ticket for mo- for most games right now, at least. Uh, yeah, with the way things are going, it's. Uh, it's not the hottest ticket in town. We're, we're giving them away in the morning show. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's with the BXA game coming up here. That was obviously a, a big draw for a lot of mm-hmm. people. They wanted to go see the retirement ceremony. He could probably tonight, still play. But, uh, he probably could. He was out practicing <laughs> with them. I saw they suited him up. But, uh, yeah, it's, the defense is it's interesting. It's, to say the least, it's, it's been interesting.
2: So, Bruce Boudreaux comes in there, and he's the hero. Um, team turns around after Travis green had some troubles. Now he's having trouble. Um, you know, in Toronto here, there's been a lot of chatter lately about Sheldon Keefe. Um, the Leafs have stood pat so far. Uh, we'll see what happens, but it looks like right now they, they are going to, um, coaching probably isn't the issue. If a coach does turn things around and then the team goes right back to where it is, where do you pinpoint the problems with the Canucks right now?
1: Yeah, it's tough to say because uh, you know, it really, I think comes down to a, a personnel uh, issue with the Canucks and, and the players mm-hmm. they have, the the current group that's there. Because, like you said, you know, Bruce comes in and everything seems like it's fine and dandy. Oh, this is the team that they're supposed to be. But Mm now you you look at them this year and it's right back to, to what it was. So Mm -hmm. I think that uh, a lot of people feel probably vindicated. The ones that were saying, you know, there there's deeper rooted issues to the team. And I think that's, that's kind of what Rutherford conveyed when he first took over as well was, you know, the end of the season, or I guess later after he took over, was uh, late end of the season, he didn't really put a lot of stock into it, he said, because, it, you know, he, he kind of chalked it up to Demco just being really good and, and masking a lot of the issues that the team still had uh, pre-Bruce. So, yeah, I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see what direction they go in, too, because I think, uh, as you guys probably saw in After Hours a few weeks ago, uh, Rutherford was on again, and he, he mentioned that he thought uh, – Bruce was just on the one year contract. Right. And he, he was, uh, he was unsure of the situation when he came in. So that kind of got everyone thinking like, what, what is Bruce's future actually? Is he, is he just a a guy Mm. who's going to get blown out and and Mike Yeo is going to take over because they, Mm. you you think of the the Canucks, um, coaching staff, they have, uh, they have a few guys in the, in the row there that could take over and and have coached uh, in the NHL before. So, uh, it's, it's not looking good for Bruce if this continues, I think. You know what I hate the most about the way the league is right now is the salary cap and its damper
2: on trades. Because back in the day, the Leafs have sucked. You know, the last few games they won against uh, the Flyers, of course, on uh, Wednesday night. But Mm -hmm. there would have been something. Something would have been done. They would have made a trade for the sake of making a trade. But I think it really sucks with the salary cap the way it is right now, and uh, all the well, a lot of the teams at the cap, and it's just so hard nowadays to make a trade, and it's just. it's really missing from this league, I think compared to other leagues.
1: Yeah. And I think trade has been the route that they've specified that they want to go. If you know, Mm -hmm. there's not a lot of options out there for signing guys. They said, so trade is the only way. And Jim Rutherford Rutherford loves to trade. I know he's not the official GM, but he's the one pulling the strings. Mm -hmm. He wants to make a move. You think he'd, he'd make it happen, but uh, it is, it's they are so, you know, their, their hands are tied by the cap and, and they really, they don't, Really have a lot of wiggle room to, to make a, a big splash or a big move. So we've seen they've they've called it pecking away. So we saw you know uh, you know uh, the trade with the Flyers and they picked up Stoudnic. So they got a you know a few things here and then they they you know acquired Ethan Bear. So they're yeah. they're doing little yeah. things yeah. that they can do yeah. to improve this roster. But the big huge move that Rutherford I'm sure would love to to see made uh, isn't going to happen. I don't think unless mm-hmm. somehow they clear up tons of cap space, which. Like you said, isn't easy to do, <laughs> right?
2: What do you want for JT Miller? Let's just make a deal right now, because I think a guy like JT Miller is a guy the Leafs could use for sure. But yeah, they're not but what does it say about, about a team that when signed, they right?
1: sign a guy to an eight-year deal and immediately <laughs> move him away, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, it's crazy. How's yeah, it's... Demko doing out there? Talk
1: about goalies. Yeah, Demko. I I've had to field a ton of questions about him early this year, right? Because mm-hmm. it's. uh goals out goals against has been an issue for this Canucks team but I was talking with Kevin Woodley who's my boss with Ingle Magazine when I when I write for them and I was just like what what is going on here because I can't pinpoint anything that's really standing out to me that's wrong with his game and he sort of echoed my thoughts which was nice to hear because he's like a lot of the goals have been just breakdowns and huge two-on-ones and just backdoor passing plays that you're the only way you're going to get a goalie to, to get to those plays—is by asking him to cheat to one side. And, and then you're going to get beat on the front door. Cause guys are going to, so it's just like a huge mess of what's going wrong with, with the Canucks funneling to Demko essentially. Mm-hmm. And it's not been pretty early mm-hmm. on in the season. He hasn't been able to to keep up to his form that he was at last or the end of last season. And this is, I think this is the true Canucks that we're seeing once Demko plays uh you know, not up to standard. This is what you get.
0: Yeah, I I actually don't really have a problem with the way Demko's playing. Like, yeah, you would like to see similar results to what he was able to do in that run when Bruce first took over last year. But I'm watching his game, and I I really don't see. Where it is exactly that he's having, you know, mechanical breakdowns or anything with the way he's playing goal. Like you said it, he's not going to go over and cheat. So he's just playing the way he should. He's playing the shot. And when guys break down and leave a guy on the back door. A lot of tapping goals against Canucks, especially early there when they were blowing those leads. I really don't have mm-hmm. a problem with the way Demko's playing, but you brought up the way the team's constructed. And I'd I'd like your opinion on this, Greg. And Clarky, you could chime in too, right? Because you you watch this team. I'm gonna bring up a, a lot. They remind me right now of those mid-2010 Maple Leaf teams. Where they had a couple of of pretty good skilled players. You think of the castles of the world, you know, mm-hmm. back with the Leafs, Morgan Riley, of course. Now you kind of look at Vancouver and you see Pedersen, who I think is a number one center. And I wouldn't be shocked someday if he put up a 100 point season. He's that talented. He is. Uh, and then you got Quinn Hughes there, if you want to compare mm-hmm. him to your, your Morgan Riley. And then Demko and Net. Like you've got you've got some yeah. good some good spine there. It's everything else around it. That is questionable. Brock Besser, God love the kid. He's hurt all the time and that's not his fault. But then you look at the, the, the roster and the way it's been built around them. The Canucks have thrown a ton of money at older guys over this eight or nine years, if you will, where they've hamstrung themselves with some bad deals. Erickson Beagle, roussel like down the list of guys that they've signed now they've got oliver ekman larson i don't know how you get rid of that deal it's not impossible but it'll be very tough four more years of that does not look promising what's your opinion of that they remind me a lot of those leaf teams where they thought that they were way better than they were for about
1: three or four years and it really set the leafs back what do you think of that yeah, they they need their uh, Matt Stage and Nick Hagman uh, trade to Calgary, I think. Their their version of that <laughs> <laughs> to shake things up because that's what they need, right? Like it's just this core has been I think it's been deemed stale by a lot of people here, you know, in Vancouver, which sucks because the core was deemed stale when Torts took over, right? So it's like what have we been doing this whole time? It just feels like a huge waste of of an opportunity to to rebuild and and build around the core that they have. So uh, the, I think the big three that you mentioned are, are the three that people would love to keep. Uh, Hughes, Patterson, and Demko are, are are the three untouchables. But other than that, I think you go nuts. <laughs> Honestly, I think you just tear it apart um, and and you and you bring in players that you think are going to be making a positive impact. I think uh, the Bo Horvat situation is certainly interesting. Uh, mm. He's your captain he's off to a great start to the year. So that <laughs> I'm sure they're just in the, in the front office going, Oh my God, what do we do now? The guy's the, the only pulse that we have on the team so far this year. So, you know, you, you trade that like, <laughs> so there, there's a lot of tough, tough questions that Patrick Alvin and, and Jim Rutherford are going to have to, to answer because uh, yeah, this, other than the three that I mentioned, I don't think anybody anybody's really off limits for the reshaping of the roster. And it's, it kind of feels like for the last year we've just been waiting for the hammer to drop and but I think the cap issues like you mentioned are, are what's what's really holding this team back right now. Yeah, I mean, you look
0: down the lineup: Garland, Hoglander, all those guys. I mean, like, if you can make some moves here and free up cap space and get some draft capital, let's do it. I, you know, I'm I'm friends with Samantha Chang. We've had her on the show before. She, of course, uh, is now doing the Canucks post games on on Steve mm-hmm. Dangle's network. Um, yeah. and and they have talked a lot on their show, the broadcast, recently about how it's insulting, really, that Canucks management and. Ownership, because this really all starts and stops with Francesco Aquilini, who is, mm-hmm. I would describe him as not a popular figure among Canucks fans. <laughs> they, they are saying it's basically insulting that they continue to insinuate that fans there can't quote unquote handle a rebuild. <laughs> now, they said that in Montreal for years and look what they're doing. Mm-hmm. What is your take on that? Because I if if someone said that about, you know, my fan base or my team and we sucked for this long, <laughs> or just were even worse than sucking, inept, where you're lost in this twilight zone, I would take that as a little bit of an
1: insult myself, Greg. Mm-hmm. It's baloney. It's it's total baloney. I think people here would would embrace a rebuild. Honestly, I think uh, like I said, it's been it's been 10 years essentially of just treading water. And, you know, I I was a Blue Jays fan through the nineties. I know what that's all about. (laughs) It's not a, it's not a fun place to be. Right. So I think the rebuild would be totally fine. I think people would, would love a a complete rebuild. It would, it'd be almost like a, you know, it's about time kind of situation. So I think, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, you mentioned Montreal is the perfect example of a market that, you know, they don't, You'll get much more hockey than the Montreal Canadiens. So I think the fan base there uh, being fully embracing this rebuild, it shows you that any Canadian market could handle it. If there's light at the end of the tunnel for so many years there with Benning, it, there was no light at the end of the tunnel. It was guys, like you said, Beagle getting signed, you know, Ferland coming in and just, signing after signing of you know decent hockey players but just guys that just didn't have it anymore and were way past their you know expiration date most of the time and it's just uh why wouldn't you see a rebuild as more of a positive thing right because you know the uh, it's 10 more years of that otherwise and people know that you're not going to fool this fan base and we're getting to the point now where, where i'm starting to notice people are getting apathetic about the team and that's what better opportunity to, to rebuild than when you have an apathetic fan base that's just bored of, of mediocrity for so many years, right? Mm-hmm. It just seems like a great time to do it.
2: You have a, a rival now. Uh, I think it's interstate five with Seattle Kraken. <laughs> yeah, uh, It would be pretty embarrassing, I guess, to finish below them. Is there, is there a, a nice good rivalry building with that Seattle franchise right now in Vancouver?
1: I'd say it's building now. Last year it wasn't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Last year we thought about Seattle for the opening game, and that was about it. They were pretty toothless, I think, for most of the season. But yeah, uh, this year it's been like a whole new team. I don't know if you've seen many of the highlights from their games or watched any of the games, but man, their veneers just is so exciting. He he's the exact type of player that I was most scared of as a goalie. You know, just Mm. sneaky with the puck, sneaky release. You never know when they're going to let it go you know just the, the perfect type of player that as soon as he gets the puck on his stick like the hair in the back of your neck just goes up right and <laughs> and, and he's made a huge difference he had a big game winning goal yeah. the other night so i think uh yeah i think there's a rival rebuilding now the last yeah. time they played it was definitely a, a little bit more of a fight to it so it was nice, nice. to see what
2: do you think they're yeah. gonna do with shane Wright?
1: they gotta send him tonight <laughs> he's playing tonight yeah, he's playing tonight. He missed four in a row, I think. Yeah. But uh, they got to send him uh, back. I, I agree and, with you, enough Enough's, enough's well, enough. Yeah. Like, we had Allison Lucan on the show not too long ago. She's an analyst there with Seattle. And that's right. She said they've been adamant that they don't think he has anything to gain about going back. And he's got to play. You think he would instead of not playing. But <laughs> See, that's when like, a team gets a little uh,
2: hint of winning, they want to win all the time instead of develop. Right and to me, they're still a developing team, and winning yeah. and getting off to a good start could hurt the development of Shane Wright if they don't play him. He's got to play
1: mm-hmm. one way well, or another. Well, the winning is is huge because we were actually laughing yeah. in the preseason because uh, Dave Haxtall was running it like Game Seven of the Stanley <laughs> Cup Final. He was like he yeah. was down to three lines, and it's like this is a preseason game, but they wanted to get off to a good start. Yeah. They they want to win yeah. so. Mm-hmm. I guess they didn't like how it was last year, how it was just, uh, you know, that speaking of attendance issues, they're not the hottest ticket in town anymore and NBA's coming. So mm, yeah. I think they, they, they're starting to feel the pressure a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly. I, I
0: just, my opinion, I think they should send him back because get this kid some reps. You're still a rebuilding franchise, literally from the ground up. Send him back. The rumors I've heard too, you know, in my OHL circles uh, chatting with people is that if he was sent back, Kingston would trade him. And they'd probably trade him to a team that's going to make some noise. I, I, I'm thinking mm-hmm. Ottawa. I'm thinking Flint. I'm thinking Windsor. Um, and, and let him go to the World Juniors and dummy that tournament. Have a good tournament. Get yourself feeling good. Get a gold medal and let's go. And then mm-hmm. bring him back next year a little more mature with some more muscle on the bones. That'd be my opinion. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I... I like your comment, too, about the Jim Benning era. I mean, yeah, not a lot of light at the end of the tunnel. A lot of jet Black hair dye, though. And um, the Mike Gillis it, era
2: was the same as the Jim Benning era. Well,
0: it? It, well, and again, I think they're all hamstrung by Aquilini. He just refuses mm. to have this team be what he considers not competitive. But I don't know what this is then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's tempting bizarre. to be competitive. Sure, I mean, I guess like <laughs> they spend money and they sign guys and they make moves. It's just they're all wrong, and I mean their draft record's not exactly yeah. unreal either. Although I do like uh, I do like Pod Cole's and I think he has a future. I like this Kuzmenko kid, so I, I would keep them as part of whatever rebuild eventually probably has to happen. Greg, I do want to ask you a little bit about some goaltending storylines. Of course, sure. you're 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 now our resident goalie expert. Okay, <laughs> Clarky tried it. He, Jeez, he, come he on, he's come on, man. He thinks he's the goal. Tending expert, he's not. Um, I want to ask you about a guy that Clarky's cheering for right now. the The former goaltender for my favorite uh, NHL franchise. We talked about him a little bit on, when we were on Dwayne's mm-hmm. podcast together. And That's Ilya Samsonov. I guess it's Samsonov now. It's no longer Samsonov. Yeah, he it back. <laughs> what is what's your opinion on him so far? Because I remember chatting with you on that show that we were on, and I voiced my opinions on Ilya Samsonov. Everybody knows what I think of him. I just, uh, I'm, I'm frustrated with him. I was done. I'm, I'm happy Kemper is my goalie now, but he's playing really, really well here, but he's done this before. What is it that has held him back up to this point? And what are you seeing from him right now, Greg?
1: Yeah, it's been an inconsistent career so far for him, right? And like, that's, uh, something that a Capitals fan would know for sure about Ilya Samsonov and I've been willing to give him a lot of you know a break the last little while because of his injury issues and the COVID problems and he just he felt like he's been dealing with so much in the last little while I, I was a little shocked that the Capitals did give up on him so quickly but um, yeah I think that's the biggest thing with him is just that consistency that you know the building that technical foundation that allows him to you know when, when he isn't on his a game to to actually still be a passable goaltender and I think that's a That's not, that's not been his uh, his issue. Hasn't been the, the high end talent. He obviously has the ceiling to, to be a top tier goaltender, but like I said, he needs that, you know, when he's, when he's got his B and C game, he needs to be able to, to get by. And I don't think he's been able to bring that at the NHL level so far. Um, when he starts to struggle, it's, it's a bit of a spiral as you, as you've probably seen. Um, so I liked what I've seen early on from this year, from him this year with the Leafs, um, I think it's exactly what they would need. Uh, you know, I think the Leafs are a team that just needs a a serviceable goaltender. They don't need outstanding goaltending with the roster they have. So, um, yeah, I, I think he's been he's been really really good, and and um, I just hope he stays healthy. That's, uh, I'm just crossing my fingers that he can he can keep it going because it every time well, the he other gets guy a little can't. bit of momentum it feels like it just gets all taken away from him by by injuries. And the other guy can't, so there'll, there'll the be the other guy can't. Yeah, he can't get momentum at all. <laughs> Never no. mind stay healthy. So it's, no. yeah,
0: it's pretty wild. I guess, I guess the final thing I'll say about Sam Samson out for a while, Clark. Yeah, I promise he can make the saves. You're not supposed to make all the time, but the saves you're supposed to make, he has a lot of trouble with, and that's the most damning thing I could probably say about him. That's
2: There's all he showed us in like Washington. There's a lot of goalies like that. Yeah.
1: And they don't win. Do they? Well, so it's the finer details, right? It comes down to like, I like talk about the technical Darcy Kemper foundation. was one of
2: those last year.
1: So. Yeah. How, how you come in and out of your post, like your, your transitions, you know, you, those are the tiny, where you see those squeaker goals. I kind of get through on, on the, on the short side and stuff. Freddie, those Anderson. are the little details that he doesn't have quite figured out mm. yet. That, can be infuriating because you, you, like you said, you make all these crazy oh. saves, the ones that you don't expect them to make. And, and then the squeaker goes in on the side of the post. So it's like, you know, there's clearly something amiss there and, and it, it comes down to those finer details.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, Hey, the, the capitals would have beat Florida last year if they had not him in net. So yeah, <laughs> it's it, I'm, I'm, I'm done with them. I'm frustrated. And I'm, I'm, I'm personally glad he's gone. I wish him well before we let you go, Greg, I'm just curious I I, I want to ask you this. Who do you think, because this is always a great debate, who do you think is the greatest goalie of all time? Who's your
1: favorite goalie of all time? (laughs) Well, I think the the two answers will probably solidify my non-bias into my answer who I think the best goalie is because I grew up a Marty Broder fan and, and mm. you know, sort of uh, a Devils fan by proxy because I, you know, I watched a lot of his games. So, uh, yeah, Broder was my guy. and But I, I still think Dominic Hasek is, uh, you know, I'm mm. a big stats nerd and, and statistically... There is no argument for any other goaltender to even come close to what Dominic Hasik has done uh, on the teams that he did. Uh, I've I've written articles, actually when he um, got elected to the Hall of Fame, I wrote a piece just kind of putting into terms or trying to put into terms how much better than the competition he was at the time that he played it was, it was, there's no contest, you know, he was the Gretzky of, of goaltending for most of the nineties. And I think, uh, yeah, anyone who says Dominic has is three or four. I, I usually disregard because, uh, he, he, he turned a team that had, you know, barely over two goals per game offense to a Stanley cup final franchise. like, he, if he was a net, they, they had a chance to win every single night. And I don't think there's a greater compliment that you can give a, a goaltender than that literally carried, literally carried a team. Clarky, what's your opinion? Who's, Oh, I know who
0: your favorite is,
2: Well, it's hard to argue. Like Martin Brodeur probably to me, um, is number one, um, when it comes to goalies, but, like Hashik would be right there, like there's no question about it. Um, but my favorite goal, like, it's going to date myself, but Mike Palmatier was my favorite. Just growing up, being a Leaf fan, the, of course, there was yeah. nothing else to cheer about in the '70s with them. But the Popcorn Kid came in, and he was just a spectacular yeah. guy um, in the Nets. And I, you know, when I worked for the Leafs, and he worked for the Leafs, I got to know him, and he was a great guy. And that dream game I played at uh, the Air Canada Center at the time, with me in one net and Palmatier in the other net, I will never <laughs> forget. He was getting ready for the the Alumni winner Classic in Detroit, yeah. so that was fun. He's a, he was a flashy
1: goalie too. He loved. Oh to, yeah. Love oh, yeah. oh yeah. Oh sure. yeah. Hot. One hundred
0: percent. Mike Palmatier didn't mind a two pad stack. Yeah, no, he was for sure.
1: He was special. <laughs> for sure. I, to get, I, I give a little love to Dryden too. I think for uh, that list as well. He had a short career, but uh, he was on a power as good as in Dryden's career. But, as good as anybody's though. As good as anybody's, yeah. Yeah. and uh, in that short time. Yeah, and, and I to say about Broder, too. Broder had a bigger impact I think on the position um mm-hmm. just the puck handling aspect of it. Yeah. Uh, I, I I don't think enough uh, credit is given to Broder for re- he 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 was the guy goalies were just guys that set the puck up basically. <laughs> you know, may made him the first one to really play the puck, but Broder was just so proficient at it and the techniques that he used to break the puck up it was, it was a new, new world for goalies when he started doing that. And, and he was the best at it. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's no question. So I think, you know, those stats don't really, you know, give him credit for that. And mm-hmm. I think that that needs to be built into his case as well.
2: And just a little tip for goalies um, this past Sunday, when I was playing men's league, I'm not giving you guys the finger, but I don't know if you can <laughs> see the holes in my, in my finger where they had to drill um, to let the blood out, I, my blocker just, sort, I, I tried to catch the puck with my blocker hand that doesn't usually go very well. It no. didn't go very well instantly <laughs> down under the ice. I tried to get ice it down. I couldn't hold my stick for the next 25 minutes, um, off to the hospital after drill the holes in the, in the nail, <laughs> use the hard side of
1: the blocker. Young, young,
2: <laughs> it's much yeah, it get not- practice
1: glove for the other hand too. to protect <laughs> yeah. those hands. Exactly. That's exactly. a that's a great tip, Clark.
0: Thank you. What a daily tips tip with Clarky. Like that's going to these... be
2: a weekly segment.
0: Absolutely, yeah. That belongs <laughs> on the dangets right there. That's uh, that's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, that. Didn't... Um, no, th- I, agree. I feel your I agree pain. on I feel your pain. I agree on Hassick. I think he's the best ever. Braden Holpe obviously, brought probably my favorite goalie. He won my team a cup finally. Like, what else can I really say about <laughs> the guy? And I feel bad that his career's basically been cut short due to injury. But uh, he he was he was great. But Hassick is Hassick's on another level. Um, Greg, mm-hmm. we really appreciate you doing mm-hmm. this, my friend. Uh, it was a great pleasure to have you on. We'd love to have you back, uh, chat about some more goaltending, probably maybe around Christmas time when uh, some guys start to solidify their seasons a little more. Uh, but this was great, man. Thank you for
1: doing this. Yeah, around Christmas time would be great. I think that's right around the Canucks are uh, scheduled to be eliminated from the playoffs. <laughs> that time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, well, that's perfect. Well, or
2: maybe the time that JT Miller is traded to the Leafs along with yeah. Mitch <laughs> Marner. Let's not want to make that happen.
0: You uh, never we'll know. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll have you on to put the final nail in the coffin, Greg. That's, Sounds good. Uh, that's Sounds perfect. Good. Thank you for doing this, my friend. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. All right, we'll take a quick break when we come back, as promised. Our friend and yours, Mr. Steve Dangle, next here on Instigating. <laughs> Back here on Instigating with Clarky and Drury. Thanks to our friend Greg Ballack of Sportsnet 650 and the BCHL for joining us on here. And now, as promised, your friend and mine—you know him from the Steve Dangle podcast, LFR Sportsnet SDPN. He is not a hard guy to track down. His on book, the interwebs. Ryan, his book, you got to remember his book. His book. Oh, best selling book. book. Yes. This team is ruining my life. It's Mr. Steve Dangle. Steve, how you doing, man?
3: I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. Uh,
2: Are you? We're yeah, going to ease
3: our way into the leaf discussion. Here, I sure so. went up there, didn't I? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I've just been. Uh, it, I am getting just baseball batted right in the face by cold flu season because I mm. have a toddler. And tick season because I have a dog. Um, oh, fun! Oh, no, he's just been covered in them. So we we got to really? figure out. Yeah, we got to figure out a solution. But the flea and tick wow. medication works. I can testify to that because if we do find any ticks on him, they're either dying or dead. So wow, does there, there you go. The woods? Like
2: what? Like where does he get them?
3: Yeah, the tall tall grass. He goes to tall a dog grass, walker. Yeah. Okay, and he just runs face first into a bush and i know he does because i've seen him do it but also all of them are on his forehead his top of his head his face his neck and Uh. none on the rest of his body anyway so there's my bob barker moment everyone get your pet spayed or neutered Uh. and also uh get tick stuff
2: perfect perfect hey ryan mentioned the book well i mentioned the book i am eight hours through this 10 hour uh episode of of your first book i'm sure there's a, a sequel coming but I have a couple of questions and I want to hear more about some stories. Okay. The story, when you, when you were meeting with, I presume the Nike guys, if I remember correctly, and your lawyer was with you lawyer, yeah. Yeah. quote unquote, how did you ever drum that up? And did the guys know this wasn't a lawyer and tell, tell the story.
3: The answer is we thought it was a good idea because we were 20 and yes, they absolutely knew that was not my lawyer because he was also 20. So tell Ryan the story Um, quickly here. So basically I was, uh, I was meeting with, uh, I didn't know it was Nike at the time. Right. I was meeting with an agency. And at the time I didn't understand what that meant at all. (laughs) And they wanted me to, to, they wanted to know my rates to like participate in a campaign. I had no idea what that meant. I had no idea where they wanted me to go i'm in school still at the time i want to say it was third year university still when we had that conversation i had maybe just turned 21 and uh
2: but they told you to bring your agent or your lawyer
3: yeah they're like bring your agent or your lawyer like bring some sort of representation and they told me that because i was originally ghosting them because i'm like no this person's gonna they're gonna I don't know take my personal information or take my skin and wear it as a hat, or like I don't know who these people are, and uh so my buddy, his name is Derek Ryder. he's actually quite successful now he's got his own business and um i but i he worked at the bank, so he I had like two button up shirts to my name and both used to belong to my dad, whereas Derek actually had to have like nice clothes uh like a you know nice shirt nice pants and a vest um and so i was like hey man can you just come and pretend to be i don't remember if i went with agent or lawyer i think it was lawyer and they show up and they see some like i had a baby face he had a baby face We're th- there's these two children um basically <laughs> and they knew a hundred percent that he was not my lawyer and they handed me this uh uh, basically a confidentiality agreement mm-hmm. that I had to sign before we even begun the conversation, but there was a clause in there that wouldn't have allowed me to work for the competition. So I was trying to get into sports media. So I'm like, okay, what if they're from the score we talk mm-hmm. and I don't get into the score. And then all of a sudden I can't work for Leafs TV. I can't work for sports. Yeah, TV, that's
2: bogus. TV. Yeah,
3: Yeah, exactly. So they told me and probably against orders, but they just go, the client is Nike. And I just immediately like sign it as fast as I can. And my buddy had to go, um, because he had a prior appointment, which was really, he had to catch like the go bus to Brampton to have dinner with his parents and, uh, just on the way out, it just gives me this wide eyed look like, Holy crap. You're talking to Nike, buddy. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, but we didn't talk for months and months until we, we hmm. finally came up with a neat idea went to the world juniors, went to the Olympics and the rest is history.
2: It, it was a cool story to hear. And like the other, the other part I'm really like, not I, I don't want to say enjoying, but the struggles, the struggles of, of, of work and this, and, you know, thinking you have stuff lined up and then, you know, John McCauley calling you in and, uh, and our budget was slashed at Leafs TV. And you thought, you know, like those things were like, it was like yesterday to me when I hear them. And I remember like we called uh, for Ryan's purposes, we called Steve and said, come on in. We have to meet. We met, we talked about what we wanted to do. And then like a week later, we called him back in and he thinks it's to sign the paperwork. And actually yeah. our budget was slashed. And we had to say, well, no, we're not doing this. And
3: by the way, you're not doing what you did last year. Yep. the Double like whammy, but it was, was, was real, right? I'll never forget. It was a show with Gail um, and I was really jacked to do it. Mm-hmm. and um yeah like I, and again like when i as soon as i saw the look on your face and the look on john's face like i mean you guys i mean you're my bosses for all intents and purposes and there mm-hmm. was a there was a respect there and a and mm-hmm. and the power that that you commanded and when i saw you guys with just this completely powerless look on your face i'm like oh god i'm screwed yeah. i'm totally screwed it was I'm glad we can laugh about it now, but that was mm-hmm. a bad day. Oh that yeah, was a, that was a long train ride home. No, for sure. And you knew mm.
2: I was your champion, and they're like, I wanted things to work for you because I told you we were going to make you a star, and uh, yeah. you are a star. Um, and I want to rest your mind at ease. Okay? okay, sure. The stuff about not being able to put your content on the fan website.
3: Remember yes. that? Yes. Yes.
2: Right. And you yes. said you said in your book about. You know, a lot of things I've realized over time that, yeah, that was probably the right thing to do, but this thing wasn't, and you still believe it was, you're up. It was bullshit. I fought and fought and fought and I knew that wasn't you. Oh, it definitely wasn't me. I'll tell you, it was Frank Hayward and he just got involved. And, uh, anyway, rest at rest, easy, that that was the wrong thing to tell you at the time, but he tried to bully you. That's what it was all about. And it was not right. And not, not the last. <laughs> it was uh, <laughs> not yeah. the last. Yeah. And uh anyway, it was not it was wasn't cool. So basically, Ryan, what happened was Steve was doing content for us, and we were you know promoting mm-hmm. his shows, and then his shows got on the fan, and like he didn't have a, like an exclusivity with us, but this someone got involved and said, Well, if he's doing work for us, he shouldn't be doing work for someone else. So and it anyway. wasn't
3: it wasn't uh like I was repurposing. Content like doing stuff for Leaves TV and then just throwing it on the fan. Yeah, what I had actually done is all these contacts that I gained from Junior Hockey Magazine. We had these uh players, like highly touted draft prospects, come on the U of T Scarborough radio station, um, that my buddy (laughs) worked for, and we recorded these interviews. But like we had Tyson Berry, uh, Carter Ashton, Taylor Hall. Tyler Sagan, Nazem Kadri, like we, we had like big names of that draft class. Kadri, you had Kadri. We had Kadri. I don't think I don't know if Kadri was that day, but we, we okay. did. And you know what it was? I, I you had a this.
2: story about Kadri not wanting him on something.
3: Wasn't it Kadri? Oh, because the London Knights were awful. They oh yeah, were right. Awful to deal with for <laughs> right. junior hockey. What man
0: is? Team. What a surprise!
3: I know. No, I still hold Shocker. that grudge to this day. I, yeah. They were awful to deal with yeah and uh they still are steve <laughs> and i and it was they were awful to deal with trying to line up john tavares for an interview clarky i was able to get i i pulled off some miracles uh that mm-hmm. year for that mm-hmm. show able to get, mm-hmm. uh able to get guests one guest uh ghosted us ever that was scott glennie mm-hmm. so hold that grudge never ended up playing in the show <laughs> um and uh and uh But they were so bad trying to book John Tavares that they were like, hey, we're going to have, we also have this kid, Nazem Kadri, if you Mm -hmm. ever want to have him on. And I went, yeah, okay, cool. That sounds great. Click. I am never having Nazem Kadri on the show. I told myself, (laughs) never, never, ever, ever. And uh, I was really jacked because I was like, what are the sheer mathematical odds that I won't have whoever the Leafs pick seventh overall's number, and they pick Kadri and I could have cried. I was like, I was like, you got to be kidding. Um, so yeah. I, I really did not like that pick at first, and then I mm-hmm. learned a little bit more about him, and I was like, actually, this guy rules. Um, yeah. But all those, I still remember when he was with the Marleys, and he's button heads with the coach, and I was like, hmm, London Knights, interesting. What's wrong with the Leafs?
0: Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Man, talk everything. about easing here we it. go oh my god like uh i i want to reaffirm what steve said though just so you know like i said uh just in the ohl circles now you know i'm interacting with different people calling games for the storm i it's a common sentiment amongst people in media rooms that it's a tough organization to put up with almost in a sense Wait, but yeah the leafs or the nights the nights he's about. well oh, the, guelph was the great leafs, i remember guelph they were great still great still great we know uh, yeah. we're we know what we're doing um but no maybe the leafs for their fans because yeah let's let's just dump truck back into this um obviously your content the last week has been Negative. Not to yeah, not to your <laughs> fault, but just a negative spin, yeah. um, because it has been negative—a four-game skid. They snap it this week against Philly, but boy, oh boy, you know, of, of all the road trips you can think back on, that was pretty pretty bad. And in your in your LFR, following the San Jose game, I believe it was, and then this week's uh, Monday. Uh, Steve Dangle podcast you said it's over for this group yeah tell our viewers what you mean I mean
3: it's over Um, I'm done trying to convince myself they're going to get it done with this particular group I don't know if they have to trade one of the big four but all their issues seem to come back to that Um, you know you trade Alex Kerfoot, you trade Justin Hall, you bring in a true LW, you bring in a a better right-handed defenseman, but are you really going to improve at your two LW and your two or three RD for $5.5 million? Like, are you going to make a marked difference? They don't even have a full-time uh, roster of centers right now. They got Matthews and Tavares, that takes care of a lot of problems. They got David Kampf, who's unreal, but they're obviously... They're obviously trying to use David Kampf in a certain way, so they need a fourth guy. Maybe it's Holmberg. Maybe it is. We've only seen one game. I thought he looked fine. But they have too many issues to me to get it done. Um, Like, even even in a win against Philadelphia, you give up a 2-on-0 or whatever it was at the beginning of the third period. That was bad. It was horrible. If one of Samsonov, you talk about issues – if one of Samsonov or Shelgren gets hurt, they can't call up another goalie. Matt Murray is hurt. Just, uh, Joseph Wool is hurt. And the rest of the guys aren't under contract. I'm ready to go. Just by the way, I'm ready. Yeah, and they can't sign. Yeah, there you go. And they can't sign like a Keith Petrozelli who might be fine or a Dryden McKay who might be fine or a Dylan Ferguson who might be fine because they don't have any roster slots. What are they supposed to do? So David right Ayers? now... There could be actually, I'm pretty sure he had like knee surgery. Like, oh, good. That was, that was the other thing. I got to shoot something with him at uh, Jeff in Jeff Merrick's house and in his, in his backyard rink. We did a video for Sportsnet, and he was a great guy, you know, fun to deal with, but he's like talking about how much his knee hurts. And I'm like, mm. they didn't just beat a 42 year old Zamboni. <laughs> driver. Like, beat one his with a knee knees injury. hurt. <laughs> he needs a surgically repaired knee. These guys stink. So like it's oh like it it's it should say something that the number one defense of this team over the last couple of weeks is well they started bad last year too. That is not the flex you think it is. And Mitch Marner's got to stop saying that. He's got to stop saying it. They all got to stop saying it. Like here's here's I think the big problem and it it probably radiates through the organization. I know they try this Mind over matter positivity thing. And like when I want to, I heard a story, I want to say it was 2018, I can't remember, but the Leafs were down in a series and there was no guarantee that they were going to get another home game. But everyone around the organization was saying, see you game five mm-hmm. or six or whatever it was. And they try that stuff. And I'm, there's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with that. But how many failures do you need to have? for that message to fall flat Mm -hmm. so now the players within the room you see them doing it we got a lot of belief we got a lot of confidence yeah 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 no one actually believes it right so they they can say that all they want and it sounds good and it reads good but i think the message has fallen flat i think the vibes have fallen flat and they'll win games you know, people are laughing at me like I didn't enjoy them beating Philadelphia. Guys, I want the Leafs to win. If mm-hmm. if if the Leafs win every game for the rest of the season and they and they win the Stanley Cup, dunk on me all you want. Dunk on me at the parade. I don't care. As long as I get to go. Mm-hmm. Uh the, I just don't think they can do it with this group.
2: Um do, yeah. Do you think they have to make changes at the top or changes with the players? Like are the players capable but they've tuned out or not listening or don't like the style that sheldon keith um is
3: delivering right now here's here's how i look at it they liked sheldon keith plenty not that long ago and he's got the highest
2: abcock they did yeah yeah yeah
3: yeah Yeah, that's true but like then what is the leafs window is it 18 months until they get rid uh, until they get sick of the next guy as well right you know what i mean so i don't know if the coach, I mean, you can win a Stanley cup in 18 months, but I'm not going to hold my breath. So I don't know how much the coach helps firing Dubas mid season. I really don't think is going to do much. And his contract expires anyway, the guy I keep pointing to, and maybe it's not popular and I got nothing against this person, but he has been the president of this organization for eight years is Brendan Shanahan. And they haven't won a lick. Yeah, they've gotten better for sure. They make the playoffs and lose now instead of before when I was working at Leafs TV, get cutting, you know, what were essentially highlight packs for the other team every time I showed up to work. Yeah, oh, here's Alexander Ovechkin four or five years into the league just absolutely tuning Jonas Gustafsson. Poor guy. It was, it was a slaughter every time. um, but. I, it's the president. It's the president. What, 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 uh, weird voodoo grip does he have on this fan base and on the media that covers this team where no one, like, everyone's talking about Keefe, everyone's talking about Dubas. I think Dubas Mm -hmm. is unpopular in a lot of hockey circles, and Mm -hmm. Keefe is his guy. So that makes him unpopular. Shannon's a Hall of Famer, and he's exactly the sort of player that the Leaves need right now. And it's bizarre beyond belief that Brendan Shanahan doesn't see a need for a Brendan Shanahan type player.
0: Mm hmm. You're right. That's the problem. That's the strange thing, isn't it? Right. Because you know, yeah, you can say what you want about Dubis, you can say what you want about Keefe. And I understand why some of the old school old boys club, which I mean, at this point now, who really gives a crap what that circle of people thinks? And yeah, Clarky. The game. game, Well, no, but the game is slowly leaving those people (laughs) behind in 10 years' time. They their opinions really won't matter. And I know a lot of them don't like Dubis because Yes, he's very he- heavy on analytics. Yes, he he's very heavy on more informational sides of assessment with players. And, they- and let's just be frank, a-, a lot of people don't like him because he got an opportunity like this at the age he did, which yeah. I think is a stupid way to approach things anyway. With smartest- one
2: of the best general managers in NHL history by his side at the time.
0: Who has also had the game pass him by? I don't want to get into a Lou Lamar. Uh, no, argument I, I totally here, agree. I totally agree with you. And I thought, ask was- Islanders fans how they feel about Father, uh, the Godfather mm-hmm. Lou. Yeah, right now. Yeah, no, so for sure. I I get it. So so you can say what you want, but I, I'm glad you brought up Brendan Shanahan because there's a lot of popular discussion right now around him, and it is a weird dichotomy where he played the way he did, and look, I we all know the game's not the same as the way. He, when he played it, we understand that. But when we constantly bring up the, the number one criticism of this Leafs core and team for five, six years now, they're soft. They're easy to play against. You said it in your LFR after the San Jose game, and I believe the LA game, you said almost all uh, of them. on the podcast too, they are the second toughest team to play against every night. And I agree with you, and so does everybody else. So it's just weird that he is leading this group that continues to have this same type of layout. And it bothers me, Steve, when people go, oh, well, you know, Brendan Shanahan, like he played on the those Red Wings teams and they were all skill. All I was no, they're no, they weren't. No. They absolutely were not Vladimir Konstantinov. And God bless the guy before that limo accident. That guy would run people through the end wall and let Nick Lidstrom roam around the ice. Maltby, Draper, McCarty. Maltby, Draper, McCarty. Uh, say what you will about, you know, the, the soft, you know, perception of Russian players. Igor Larianov was hard to play against. Mm-hmm. He's, the prof- mm-hmm. he's the professor. It's hard to play against. Sergei Fedorov, you couldn't get him off the puck. And Brendan Shanahan not- would, would absolutely destroy you. Like, it's
3: weird. Yeah. It's not just that they're like soft and easy to play against. It's that they're going backwards. So Hmm. like, I I think the toughest game they played of the season, uh, the popular answer is probably going to be the Jets game. I love the fight of the Capitals game in, uh, it was their second game of the season. Um, I love the fight of that game. Um, I thought they were really feisty. I thought they brought it to Washington without dropping gloves. I don't think there was a fight in that game, but there was a lot of nastiness. That was a chippy game, especially the third period. And Mm -hmm. I think they did a lot to shed their perception as a softer team last year. I thought they took a lot of steps. Sheldon Keefe wanted the team to score more playoff style goals and crash the net. And then Mm -hmm. I'm watching them through the first 10 games this season And the stats that they have at the top of the screen are hilarious because you would see ozone time or ozone possession or whatever. The Leafs are killing the team who they're playing, but shots on goal. Right, shoot the freaking puck. Well, not even shoot the freaking puck. Get it on net because very often you would see they have more offensive possession. They have as many shot attempts as the other team. The other team has like 60 or uh, 166% uh, more shots and w- I mean, how could you possibly be, be playing tough hard to play against hockey and I'm sorry uh, I don't have sympathy for the team that they're having to adjust to life without Jake Muzzin we always knew this was a problem like for the exact same reason I don't care that Philadelphia has to play without Ryan Ellis I feel sympathy for Jake Muzzin uh as a person I feel it mm. for Ryan Ellis as a person but those teams have to know that life without those players is a very distinct possibility it's a it's a more likely possibility than it is with other players uh Muzzin w- when uh he was hurt in training camp they're like oh don't worry it's not a new injury it's one he's always had what that doesn't make me feel better at all that means he's got a chronic issue uh-oh and now that issue isn't even the one he's out with so They've got to find a way to play tougher, and I think it's a mentality. Like, Bunting is one of the smallest guys in the team. Giordano is the oldest skater in the league, and those guys were at the forefront of uh, that scrum at the end of the Philly game. Come Mm on. It's got to be a mindset.
2: So I I Ah. find it hard, just to get to the Shanahan thing, I find it hard to blame the president for what's going on, but this is what I blame him for. I think it's very hard right now with Dubas being... Like basically a lame duck general manager. Yep. Like I'm sure he's got to jump through more hoops than he would normally would if he wants to trade the guy who I've been saying they should trade for the last year and a half, and that's Mitch Marner. Um I know it's it's nearly an impossible route to go, but I think if this team is ever going to get tougher and better, um, he's the guy. Um, but it if they were going to fire Dubas, they should have done it this offseason. They should never let him go this whole season as a lame duck with only one year left because it's too hard. And now what are you going to do? You're going to re-sign him throughout all this that's going on right now? Are you going to extend Kyle Dubas? I don't know what kind of message that'll that'll bring to the team.
3: They don't learn their lessons mm-hmm. uh, because at the, when they lost to Boston in 2019, mm-hmm. where they were the better team through mm-hmm. most of that series, and they waited until game seven to play far and away their worst game of the series. They weren't even close to in mm-hmm. it at any point from puck drop to the end of it. I was like, we're done with this Babcock thing. It's mm-hmm. not working. He's got uh, uh, Patrick Marlowe out there with 2 minutes left. It's we're done. We're done here. They this is yeah. it's over. Yeah. Then uh, Chris Johnston came on the show and he's talking about, well, the team was really excited or, or really encouraged by um how the Leafs won a tight game to one in game five. And I'm like, oh, oh my dear lord. And like, okay, so what's gonna happen is they're gonna start bad. And at some point there it's it's gonna be. I got I got the impression it was just gonna get to the point where it was too late and uh they would have to ride the season out with Babcock. But you remember all those uh all those videos of Dubis shouting with Shanahan. About Babcock, and look what he's doing. There was a, a an overtime game against Columbus. He has to know they figured out. Blah, blah, blah. I think if it were purely up to Dubis, he would have fired him then and there. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't. Then we go into the season. You got to bring in Keefe. Keefe has to assume a team midseason, and you can mm-hmm. have success like that, but it's mm-hmm. difficult. um And he had some success, and he wasn't able to be- maintain it. But here we are now. Three seasons later, mm-hmm. exact same thing, exact okay. same problem.
2: I just want a yes or, or yeah, yes or no answer.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Is Barry Trotz a better coach than Sheldon Keith?
3: Yes, I mean, yes. yeah.
2: Okay, yes. Then yeah. why you want the best guy? And I'm sorry, Fine. I like Sheldon Keith, but
3: something's not right. And Here, here's, <laughs> I agree, something's not right. But what I would suggest to Toronto Maple Leafs fans, and and I haven't heard anyone ask this question, why would Barry Trotz want to coach here? <laughs> like, the, there, there he are some would coach. I,
2: I You think so? I, I, oh, 100%, 100%. I think he's hinting at it, too. He's having fun with it, too. Well, he had um,
0: the, the comments that people made a big deal about. He wants about. to coach, like in, original to coach 16, in original six. And he wants to coach yes. in Canada.
2: Well, there's yeah. two choices. And he doesn't speak French, as far as I know. So, there you go. Uh, I mean... It's,
0: it's one of those it, things where yeah, look,
2: I, I you know what they have the money, Steve. Like, of course they do. Like, of course, oh, they do. I, uh, yeah, I don't think there's not, any question they would they could get them if they wanted them. That's just my yeah.
0: yeah. Oh yeah, I I look. Hey, I I got nothing bad to say about Barry Trotz. Folks. Of course, <laughs> no. I, I have I have nothing but good things to say. It's still one of the most embarrassing things in. But how do you think Mitch Marner would react walk, to
2: Barry Trotz? I don't think Barry Trotz cares.
0: You know, Barry. Well, Barry Trot right. doesn't care, right? Like, and, and he wouldn't retract. He wouldn't retract comments after he made look absolutely right, right comments Trotz. after a game. Hey, let Let me let me take you back through some of the Barry Trotz highlights. Barry Trot, Steve, you'll remember this. It was probably a dang it. Um, back in the day when he was still with Nashville, Sergei Kostitsin was oh, on yeah. a back check. Yep. He peeled off caused yep. a three-on-one, and got they got scored on. Yep. He benched Sergei Kostitsin for two weeks, and Sergei Kostitsin demanded a trade, and him and his brother were in Montreal a month later. Then he comes to Washington, and in the, in the year that they won the Cup, he benched Alex Ovechkin, not for mm-hmm. a shift, for an entire game because he was five minutes late because his alarm didn't right. work, for yep. a team meeting. He benched the captain and the greatest goal scorer of all time, and the whole mm-hmm. team went, this, wow, he he's yeah. he's for real. Right. A month later, a month later, the Caps were on a five-game losing streak and they got their ass kicked in Colorado, producer Adam, you like that. They got their ass kicked in Colorado and Barry Trotz came out and said, every single one of our guys tonight was subpar for this league. Everything was bad. I remember the exact quote, the power play, the penalty kill, it all stunk. That's mm-hmm. what he said and he walked off. Four months later, they won the Stanley Cup. Now, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that a coach coming in and doing this and that and slamming on a star player is going to make the Leafs win the cup. But if Leaf fans and if some of those players in there, look, we're not in the room. We we don't know. Maybe they mm-hmm. all get along with Sheldon. I don't know. From the outside looking in, it doesn't look like some of them are. If they think, oh, Barry trots, oh, he won a Stanley Cup. He's right. going to come in here well, and everything's going to be great. This, makes them you think Sheldon Keefe is tough? That dude will come in and absolutely drill them to the wall if they don't play good defensively. And right now, they don't. Steve, I want your opinion on this. I've watched every game, and I know you have too. I'm sorry. The play, the play. <laughs> well, the play to me that really stuck out where I went, boy, something is funky here. Was the LA game when they're trailing by two with five minutes left? They throw Marner out there. They've got four forwards out there. William Nylander draws a penalty in front of the net. He gets cross-checked. There's about two and a half minutes left now. They win the power play faceoff. Matthews bobbles it at the line, and Anje Kopitar goes by him. And instead of skating, keep in mind they're fresh right now, instead of skating with Kopitar, who is not Connor McDavid, Matthews reaches up and hooks him and negates the power play, and that basically yep. sealed the game. Now, maybe they lose anyway, but right there I just went, hmm, that... I watched Ovechkin do that a lot yep. over the years. Power play guy on the point, lazy hooking penalty, whatever. Barry Trotz drilled that out of him. Now, I'm not saying that Matthews needs something drilled out of him. He's your best player, but that play right there, I went, boy, something really is wrong.
3: Yeah, I think it's all between the ears. And, you know, other other side of the coin, or sorry, to finish that thought, it's between the ears and they're not feeling good. And, They're not the sort of team who can power through that. They need something to go their way. Like last night, something went their way Mm -hmm. and that something was, the flyers are awful. They're so bad. I can't believe how soft they are in front of their own net, especially on the penalty kill. Um, But they were able to ride that. They were able to ride the momentum and Tavares put the team on his back. yeah, yeah, Yeah. Other side of the coin. Um, Martner at his best plays mm-hmm. a great two-way game, and Matthews at his best plays a great two-way game, and I can see Barry Trotz doing truly special things with those guys. Always um, oh, then. Sorry, we've solved the issue. We've solved it. Let's it's do done. Let's, oh, I yeah. No, I, listen, uh, God Himself is not winning a cup with that decor. They, they got to they, they do something about it. it's not it's good not and you good. can't count on Muzzin coming back.
2: I just I, I yeah. couldn't believe nothing was done between Sunday and Wednesday when it came to personnel like I like I know it's hard to react when things are bad and you shouldn't trade guys when they're at their lowest value and, and blah 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 but I thought a message should have been sent. Justin Hall, trick. sorry, but you're, you're done. You can't play in this league. You're yeah. done. Goodbye. He, see you later. They had to do something and they didn't. He's yeah, they tough, won, but he is yeah. tough. It's too bad. I, it's
0: like, it's tough I watching him in he's yeah. a popular teammate. They like him and everything, but that's not at the end cares. of the day in terms of winning. That's not what this is about. You know how many popular teammates Ovechkin right. lost? Do you totally. know, how, do you know that's what how, I'm saying? I almost anyway. cried when they won the cup because the first guy I thought I, of I will was was Mike Green. I was like, my Ugh. God, wouldn't it have been sick if Mike Green was here for all the shit kicking that guy took? Can't play defense, scored 30 goals. Like, I know. It, 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 by the way, he should have won the Norris that year as a joke, but like he was the first guy I thought of, you know, how many popular teammates that they lost seven. I didn't right. love seven best friends with this guy. Brooks-like. Brooks, like Brooks, Brooks, like Mike Knubel Fedorov was there. Jason Arnett, like, dude, there are lots of popular guys that right. just don't get to ride yeah. the ride. Right. And mm-hmm. he, he really can't ride the ride. I mean, it, it's, it's. I feel bad for him because he's clearly better than this, but I don't think not much better. And one thing I'll say about the Kyle Dubas thing. Oh, he's he's a lame duck general manager. He's got a year left on his deal. Barry Trotz put up the best coaching performance of his life with no time left on his deal. There's the famous clip of him shaking Torts' hand when they came back against Columbus going, I'm gone. I'm gone at the end of the year. It doesn't matter. Like, and and he knew that and still did what he did. Had a fun yeah. time at the parade, I'll tell you that. So, you if, Getting if people sidetracked, are going, oh, what's Kyle supposed to do? Do something. And right, it, that's care what I'm saying. If you have no contract, that's what I'm saying. Do yeah. something. I,
3: uh, you might roll your eyes. I appreciate them calling up Holmberg because it's something and you're probably like listen it is you, so, people are yeah wh- but what's not... the what's the saying everyone's gonna throw you in situations like this people are throwing you anchors not life rafts or what mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever so I would love here's what I would love to see some of the trade offers the Leafs received in those three days. Oh yeah I bet there were some oh. beauties. Oh some I'm sure there was I'm uh, sure there. Was. What what I said on my show it and when I said it's over for this group Not everything is going to happen immediately. And they got a Mm -hmm. back-to-back coming this weekend. Awful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think something's going to happen. I hope before Christmas, but, uh, you know, these things can take time. Um, Think American Thanksgiving might be a little, might be a sweet spot. They Mm -hmm. have to do something and there's time to write the ship. I just feel like we have enough of a sample size over the last several years to know the ship's not getting righted.
2: And that's the thing, right? It's yeah. not 10 or 11 or 12 games this season. It's, it's history. Years. This team years. hasn't won a playoff series. That always bugs me. It, it, I can't stand like,
0: when people say that. It drives me absolutely insane. We did it. For, we did it for years, every year, all to you know, through all of it. Trade Ovechkin, trade Backstrom, trade Holpe, trade everybody. Like, it's not 11 games. That's
3: what You're I'm still saying. scarred, yeah.
0: eh? Like the the, cup, Dude, I, the <laughs> cup hasn't made you less mad about that, eh? Which worries you, know, you it's, right? No, it's <laughs> Yeah. It's
3: not. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's not that. Like look, I I always said if they could just give, give me one, please. And they and they did, but look at the but, stuff that they did. They changed a lot. Yeah. Yeah. They changed a lot and people are going, "Well, what do you mean like Ovechkin stayed backstrom stayed?" Well, yeah, but look at everybody around them. Green seven star players on that team. Mm-hmm. The young gun capitals win six five every night and then lose in seven to the friggin' Rangers. Or better yet, the Penguins. Yeah. All the, the time. Is, if if All Justin
2: Hall is the best six defenseman in this team, then Dubas.
0: I'm so excited. <laughs> he hasn't done play. anything. Like, so excited he doesn't play I'm for just, my team. Well, he's so excited.
3: Top six right now. Yeah, I w- I wish he was uh, sixth. I don't I don't think his ice time reflects that. Oh man. No, no, no. no. I I hear you, but
2: like he's oh, yeah. Even you know top six. Well, Jordy Ben. When when's he come in?
3: No, just kill me. He's the savior.
2: Uh, <laughs> I don't. know. <laughs> like, to... like everyone forgets, like oh we're missing Muzzin. Well, yeah, but. How old is Muzzin? And uh, he's not exactly uh, Jordy Ben four or, or five years
3: ago. I think helps this team. Oh sure, but, absolutely. Yeah.
2: but that was he's, you know that's he's why
3: injury
0: prone too. Yeah,
3: I mean he showed he's injury prone pr- too. I uh, I saw a decent amount of Jordy Ben in the bubble season because he was yeah. with uh, the Canucks, right? Mm-hmm. No thanks. No thanks.
0: <laughs> no thank you. Just I don't involved. know what, a, what kind oh, of Jordy an improvement. Ben. I don't really know what kind of you're you're biting your nose to spite your face yeah. in that situation. I think anyway, I just Justin it's Hall a different is different kind of bad.
3: Justin Hall is, is third amongst Leafs defensemen and fifth on the whole team in ice time.
0: Yeah,
2: average ice uh, it, 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 it boggles my mind. Gag me with a spoon boggles like just, my mind because it's right
0: handed boys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He shoots right handed Steve,
2: we didn't solve much today, but thank you for coming on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, the, th- the therapy session's ongoing. Just call the episode, do something.
2: Do something. That's a good Maybe
0: one. Maybe we will do something with Steve Dangle. I like that. Um, Steve, in all seriousness, though, in, on a positive note, the SDPN stuff's unbelievable. The LFRs continue to be a lot of fun to watch. He's I, a star. And, li- and he is a star. And listen, I even watch... When they win, I watch all. of watch. So last night, I morning, I want yeah. you. I want you to know that I don't just show up for what you termed the sad Canadian clown show. Uh, I watch. I watch the happy Canadian clown too. So, uh, you know,
3: <laughs> you know, man, I have yeah. fun. I have a good life. Mm-hmm. I just wish my team would win. That's all. Mm. That's all. Same. That's all. Same. That sums it up well. I appreciate you guys uh, having me on. Let let me know how you like the end of the book. And that that was a good. Uh, well, Yeah, it was. It was nice knowing the behind the
0: scenes there that that fan thing. I never knew that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. A, a renewed sense of confidence and optimism for one Mr. Steve Dangle there. That's uh, it's good. Steve, we really appreciate this, man. We love having you on the show. You're one of our favorites, man. And uh, it's, it's great to see all the success you and Adam and Jesse are having. SDPN, like I said. Uh, When you're done listening to or watching the show, go give those guys a follow. Subscribe if you haven't, man. Especially if you're a Leaf fan or just a hockey fan in general, you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not watching that stuff. Steve, thank you so much, my friend. Mercy. Thank you all right remember you can watch the show friday night today sunday nights at nine on whiteman tv that's channel six for whiteman tv subscribers we debut on our youtube channel at 9 p.m on friday nights follow us on all the best social media apps at instigating pod and you can find us on all the best podcast apps as well including apple and spotify that's clarky i'm ryan drury for greg Ballack, and of course the incomparable steve dangle thank you so much for listening to and watching instigating we'll be back next week